Good morning. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to begin there in just a moment. I want to welcome everybody here this morning. I know we still have uh, some family members that are in town from get-togethers over the past several days. It's great to see you. It's great to see uh, all of our visitors and our members alike who have come to worship together this morning. Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse number 16, it says, Then men rose from there and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. This passage of scripture really spoke to me as I was giving some thought to the lesson this week, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that we face within our homes, some of the distractions that we face within our homes, and how we overcome that. The reason that this passage spoke to me as I was thinking about that idea is because God looked down on Abraham, and he saw something in Abraham. He saw Abraham as a man who was going to lead his family in righteousness and do so in such a way not just to impact his family and his generation, but to do so in a way that would be impactful to generations that would follow. That should be our objectives within our homes, to to lead our home and our family and our generation in the ways of God And do so not only for the sake of ourselves and our children, but for the sake of our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, and so on, as long as the Lord allows the earth to stand. What he says about Abraham is impactful, because it tells us the way in which Abraham thought about the importance of leading his family and the priorities that he set within his home. All of us face the challenge of deciding what is going to be most important to us as a family. What are going to be the priorities within our homes? And one of the reasons that that is so challenging for us to do is because of how easily we can become distracted and how quickly our attention can be taken away from the stated priorities that we have within our home. Now, I will tell you at the outset that I don't think that it's normally helpful, nor often is it true, to claim that our generation or that our day and time has it so much harder or we have so many more problems than past generations had. I don't believe that's true. Every generation has faced challenges in its own right. There is one thing, however that I feel confident that we can say about this generation. We are the most distracted people of all time. 
Now, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm going to give you some stats to back this up. There was an article that CBS News published where they looked at a research study that was being done from the University of California. And I want to give you just a couple of the findings that this study brought out and some of the facts that this article presented. They said that the Associated Press, one of the most well-known journalism establishments in the world, now instructs their journalists to keep almost all articles to 500 words or less. I'll just let you know that the notes for my sermon this morning are more than 500 words. But they do that because they recognize that in this day and time, people won't read something that's more than 500 words. The average length of a scene in a movie is now under five seconds for the first time in cinema history. The number one most downloaded app on your phone is TikTok, which essentially is just an endless stream of very short video clips. This speaks to how quickly our minds move from one thing to the other today. We can't stay focused on anything for very long. The author would go on to quote the research study that I referenced that was being done at the University of California as a study that has been going on for over 20 years in which they study the attention span of people. And this is a quote from the article. We started studying attention span length over 20 years ago. We would shadow people with a stopwatch, and every time they shifted attention, we'd click stop. In 2003, we found that attention spans averaged about two and a half minutes on any screen before people switched. In the last five years, that has dropped to 47 seconds. We are the most easily distracted people of all time. Now, here's where that becomes a problem when we talk about our home. All of us within our families have objectives and goals and priorities. And every single one of us has to fight the distractible nature that we have been trained in in this society. Our minds can be taken away from what we see as the most important things so quickly. When you think about that, I want to talk a little bit about what distractions look like in our home today. And certainly we could talk about the overuse of screens and the impact that that has on us. That is certainly one of the easiest things to point to. However, I want to suggest to you that being distracted manifests itself within our homes in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways in which we have to be most careful with is busyness. When you think about it, go back to the research study that I was referencing. As people were moving from screen to screen every few seconds looking at something else, what might that look like from an outsider's perspective? Well, it might look like they're very busy. Right? They're going from this to this and then over to this. And man, look how busy they are. They're moving so quick and their attention is moving from one thing to the other. 
they look busy. What might that look like in our home? Well, it might look like a seemingly never-ending schedule in which a child goes from school to sports to band to choir to whatever. They get home just in time to eat, do homework, go to bed, get up the next day, do it all over again. The parents, they go to work, they play chauffeur in the afternoon, they try and maintain the home, their hair's on fire the whole time, they get to bed at midnight just in time to get five or six hours of sleep so they can get up and start the whole process over again. We are so busy. Well, that's just the family version of the 47-second attention span. This is our family being distracted. This is our family falling victim to what our society has trained us to be. We're being distracted from our purpose. We're being distracted from pursuing godliness above all else. And so how do we fight against that? How do we protect our family from these pitfalls? We have to establish what our priorities are in our home. And I want you to look at Acts chapter 10 with me as an example of this. In Acts chapter 10, we're told the story of Cornelius. Cornelius, a Gentile. And Acts chapter 10 records for us his conversion and the conversion of his family as God sends Peter to preach the gospel to him. But what I want to point your attention to is the very outset of this story in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, and prayed to God always. So here's what's interesting about Cornelius. Cornelius didn't tell us that he was a generous man. Cornelius didn't tell us that his family prayed always. Cornelius didn't tell us that he was devout. It's what was observed of him and his family priorities within our home are not spoken. Priorities within our home are observed. It's wonderful to have signs in our homes about serving God and following Him, and wonderful to have Scripture posted all over our homes. Those are wonderful things. None of those things define our priorities. What we do as a family defines our priorities. The things that we protect define our priorities. The things that we do and don't do define our priorities. The priorities within Cornelius' home were obvious to any observer who knew him and his family. Because they could see day in and day out how he conducted himself, what his family did, the time they spent in prayer and helping others. His priorities as a family and as a home were observed and noted. 
So what are your family's priorities? What are your family's stated priorities? But more importantly, what are your family's observed priorities? If I were to go around family by family this morning and ask what your family's priorities were, I'm sure most of them would sound very similar. We would prioritize godliness. We would prioritize righteousness. We would prioritize love and kindness and generosity. What if I asked your coworker what your family's priorities were? What if I asked your neighbor what your family's priorities were? Would they give me the same answer? Would they observe the same priorities within your home that you would state? I think all of us hope that the answer to that question is yes, but I think as we are honest with ourselves, we can see just how easy it is to allow ourselves and our families to become distracted from what our stated priorities are and begin to spend time in areas that not only don't align with those stated priorities, but far too often are in conflict with those stated priorities. We have to protect within our home what is most important. And parents, me being one of those parents, this is our job. This falls on our shoulders. And fathers, it weighs heavily on your shoulders as the leader within your home to protect what is most important. We have to protect our family from the distractions that face us. We have to protect our family from what the world says is normal. We have to stay true to what we see as most important. I love Joshua chapter 24, a passage of scripture that probably is in some of your homes, I would imagine. Joshua chapter 24, beginning in verse number 14. Listen to what Joshua says about him and his family. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Parents, we get to decide what the priorities are in our homes. Whatever anybody else is going to do, listen, we can advise, we can counsel, we can encourage, but at the end of the day, they get to do what they want to do. It's their decision to make. That is not going to affect the priorities in my home. That has to be the approach that we take. This world is going to try to distract us from that. But we get to decide, we get to make that decision about what is most important in our families and in our home. 
So we have to minimize, if not eliminate, the distractions that don't align with our priorities. That's where Deuteronomy chapter 6 that was read for us just a moment ago really comes to life for us even today. Obviously, that passage of instruction was given specifically to the Israelites, uh, but the principles that are found in that passage are so true for us today when we talk about protecting what's most important in our homes. If we make the decision that righteousness and godliness is going to be a priority within our homes, then it has to be ever-present before us. It has to be something that every single day Every single decision, we are moving towards God. We are protecting our family's priorities of righteousness and godliness. We can never, ever let our guard down against that. It must be something that we protect. When we think about the world today and all of the distractions around us, all of the ways in which our attention can be pulled to areas that have nothing to do with our stated priorities, we must be devoted to protecting what's most important within our, within our homes. Whatever the world around us may look like, whatever decisions other families may make, we stand on the truth and we protect the priorities of our home. I think it's interesting as we think about kind of the three different examples that we looked at this morning. We think about our own family's priorities. Abraham, a household that kept the way of the Lord and did righteousness and justice. Any questions about what his priorities were? Cornelius, a household that feared God, was generous, prayed always. Priorities within his home were obvious. Joshua, a household that regardless of what others were doing, they were going to serve the Lord. His priorities were clear, and he was bound and determined to protect those priorities. Such great examples for us to consider today. What are your family's priorities? What is it that you are willing to protect? How do you spend your time and your energy? What do your interactions with your children look like? What are your family's priorities? Be honest with yourself about that. And while I mentioned earlier that priorities aren't stated, they're observed, it is important to make sure that we can clearly define them. And so the exercise of writing them down, or at least discussing those things, is important. So that everyone within the home understands what our priorities are. And then, our decisions that we make as a family support those priorities. And if ever we find ourselves making decisions that don't align with those priorities or worse yet, are in conflict with those priorities, we make the changes necessary to protect those priorities and keep those at the forefront of our family. It's a big job. It's a big job as parents 
to clearly define, to lead our families toward righteousness and godliness. And we live in a day and age in which it's going to make that even more difficult. We have to stay focused. We have to be diligent. We have to clearly define and be ready to stand for the things that we deem most important. As we conclude this morning, we spent a few minutes here talking about the importance of defining and standing for priorities within the home. I I want to conclude, though, uh, by asking you to think about some of these same principles from a very personal perspective. What are your individual priorities? Are you someone who stands for godliness? Are you someone who pursues righteousness at all costs? Are you someone who is set on eliminating or at least minimizing the distractions of this world that are seeking to pull you from those priorities? If you are, then I want to encourage you to stay strong in that pursuit, to keep those priorities to hold fast to them and to defend them. However, if as we've talked about some of this, you look at your own life, and maybe you see areas in which your stated priorities are not your observed priorities. Maybe, maybe if I were to ask you what your priorities were, you would give the right answers. But if you take an honest look at your life, you've become distracted. You've allowed other things to take a prominent place in your life. And no longer is righteousness and godliness the priority. But worldly pursuits have taken the place of those things in your life. If they have, this is a great opportunity to think about making the changes necessary to reestablish godly principles as the priority in your life, to follow some of the examples that we've talked about this morning, and to make sure that in your life, God stands alone as the priority. If you recognize a need to perhaps make that a priority for the first time this morning, to give your life to Christ, to become a child of his, to have your sins washed away in baptism, and to make him the priority in your life, we stand ready to help you do that as we encourage you to make that decision. If there's anything that we can do this morning to help you in your walk with God, please come to the front and let us know how we can help as we stand and sing.